Welcome to Junior Elves and Now What? Interlude episode 39.5, ultimate episode 113. Since I recorded last, uh, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has done one of their uh, semi-annual slash annual general conferences, uh, which is, for those of you who don't know, typically it's a two-day event um, where they have anywhere from five or so sessions to sometimes six, depending on uh, the year. And so this year, there was three sessions on a Saturday, two sessions on a Sunday. And I bring this up just because, you know, we try to get together as a family. We get together with my extended family, or at least with my parents and sister, her family. Um, we met at like a, a, a house and, and all stayed there for the weekend. And it was fun. It was nice. We got a, a chance to enjoy some time together and play some games. Um, while we were there, uh, we had a chance to also listen to the conference, which is sometimes kind of a cool thing because when you're listening to something like that, you want to do something with your hands to keep yourself occupied while you still listen. And so I decided that I would do one of the infinite interests that I have, and that is to learn to draw. Ever since I was young, I've always wanted to learn to draw, and I've always been horrible at it. And, um, and so I have a handful of books of like, you know, how to draw simple objects or how to draw anime, which I'm, as you know, I'm pretty obsessed with anime. So I thought that'd be kind of fun. And so uh, I broke some of that out while we were gone and it was fun. I'm horrible at it still, but uh, it was fun. So that was kind of cool. Um, I will say that from this last one, so this is the uh, April session of 2021 general conference. The Sunday morning session was my favorite. In fact, it's probably one of my favorite sessions of any conference ever. So if you ever want one where you read the talks through, that one's amazing. Um, and throughout the course of some of these upcoming episodes, I'm sure I'll reference some of those talks because they were really cool. Um, another thing that has happened recently is uh, we are waiting for the My Hero Academia anime to kick up its fifth season in the uh, dubbed form here in America. And so while we're waiting... Uh, I decided to start up another anime that had been recommended to me called Black Clover. And this is actually going to be relevant to this series I'm going to be starting up. So I'm going to give you a brief synopsis on the story. I haven't finished it. And yes, I'm going to give a few spoilers, but it's important for this uh, for the topic I'm going to cover. So the essence of the story is it takes place in a world that has magic. Uh, so it's, it's fantasy based. And there are multiple races uh, of, of creatures that lives, humans and others. And uh, it's very heavy on the class system, meaning high class, low class, royalty, so on and so forth. Um, in this world, there are four kingdoms, um, basically based off of the suits of cards, Clover, Heart, Diamond, etc. The main characters take place in the Clover Kingdom or the four leaf Clover. Or I guess it's a three leaf Clover Kingdom. Um, and so in this story, every single person is born with some ability to use magic. So if they're handed a magic item, they use their innate magic to use it, like a broom to fly and, and other things of that nature. Well, um, in the story, when a person reaches a certain age, they have the ability to uh, go to like a, I think they call them like a grimoire tower in it. I need to do a little bit of research on it, but grimoire is is not a horribly uncommon concept in the fantasy world. It's typically a book that contains magic, and usually it's not just like a book you pull off the shelf in the library. Usually there's something about the book, whether it's it's sentient, uh, self-aware, whether it's got its own magical properties, so on and so forth. 
Well, in this, they've taken it to kind of a cool level, and that is you get a grimoire at a certain age, and when you get this book, there are spells written in it, spells written just for you. But as you evolve, the book evolves with you, and it has the ability to add new spells to help make you more capable or more powerful. Well, one of the characters, the main character of the story, is unique, but not in the traditional sense. He's unique because he has zero magical power, which is, is very odd in the story, because even people are, are born with little, but never none. So he's, he's very much the oddity here. And so it's about him wanting to achieve something that it should be impossible for him, and I'll dig into this more later, um, but because he has no magical power, uh, he's got to do things differently. And it's, it's kind of cool to watch the evolution of this character in this story. So I, I would recommend it. I think it's really good. Um, it feels very similar to me to uh, like a fairy tale story um, from the anime fairy tale, mind you. Uh, the main character is kind of a mix between Natsu from fairy tale and Naruto from the Naruto uh, anime. Uh, a little less annoying than both, arguably, but uh, needless to say, it's been enjoyable. Uh, I'm just a little bit into season three right now, and it's, it's very good. Um, and one last element from an events perspective is uh, we love doing puzzles here as a family. And one of the struggles we've had is it's very, you know, first world, but um, transporting a puzzle from one location to another while you're still assembling it. Like, oh, I'm going to use the kitchen table. Well, what if we want to eat on the kitchen table? Blah, blah, blah. So we bought a handful of years ago these small containers that are specifically designed for puzzles. Um, for anybody who's into D&D, uh, there's like these small felt containers that are usually like a, a I don't know, hexagon type shape uh, for rolling dice in. Well, they make bigger versions of those uh, for you to put puzzle pieces in. Um, they also make like a plastic, almost like square tray that's stackable that does the same thing. Anyway, so we have a bunch of those that makes it easy to move pieces around um, and to share pieces. But it still doesn't help you where you're actually assembling. So I tried something that I think has actually been working so far. And that is I bought a whiteboard um, and, and it allows you to assemble the pieces on it and, excuse me, move it around. There's a little lip so pieces don't fall off of it quite as easily. And uh, so far it's been pretty good. I mean, the only challenge is it's got slightly sharp metal corners to it. So you have to be a little careful moving it around. And it's a little vague, so it's kind of ungainly. But um, anyway, so just food for thought. It was kind of a, a fun idea. Um, okay, so moving on to thoughts. So one of the thoughts that had crossed my mind um, and, and this is just more of a, a thinking concept. Um, if anyone has ever had a dream before that's listening, and I suspect all of you have, a lot of times, at least for me personally, and maybe this is unique to me, when I'm having a dream, I will wake up and usually immediately I remember probably 90% of it or so. I'm, I'm guessing because obviously if you remember it less, you would know you don't remember it because no one else has seen it but you. But you get the idea. Uh, but one of the strongest elements of those dreams, good, bad, or indifferent, is the feelings behind it. I talk about myself having a, it's kind of an emotional husk, but that doesn't mean I don't have some emotional base. And when I wake up from some of these dreams, I have these feelings that come from the dream that are very unique to the dream. It's kind of like a scent when you've been somewhere. If you smell it against somewhere else, you immediately remember that first place you smelled it. And that particular feeling ties back to that dream. And uh, in the dream, a lot of time, a lot of times you're shown something, um, either to, to be or to do, to achieve, to gain, uh, to overcome, whatever it is. And there's an emotion tied with it. 
Well, when you wake up from that, usually the memory of the dream fades pretty rapidly. In fact, it takes some work to either remember it or write it down to remember it for later. But that emotion tends to stay for long periods of time. And in my case, I still have uh, the feelings of dreams I had from when I was a kid. So uh, it stayed with me for a very long time. Again, good, bad, or indifferent. And it reminds me a lot of some things the way God guides us to do things. Sometimes he gives us an idea, a direction, a prompting, um, whatever you want to call it, to do something. And there's, I would argue, oftentimes a brief moment, and I say brief, like very, very short, where it's, it's crystal clear what needs to be done, or at least ultimately what needs to be achieved, and then it's gone. But what remains is the emotional base, the, the, the Holy Ghost touching you moment, that spirit, that feeling. And what we can do is remember that feeling that we had. And as we work towards obtaining whatever that vision had been, that goal had been, we can tell we're on the right path because that emotion, that feeling should continue to get stronger as we're getting closer to what it had originally been shown to us, uh, whether in the form of a dream. I know for me, sometimes when I'm reading like in the scriptures or something, I will stumble upon something. and I'm like, oh my gosh, and I have this aha moment and everything is crystal clear for just a moment. And then it's gone. And I remember just enough to write down a couple of notes so that I can come back to it later. And as I'm looking through those, sometimes my notes are too vague for me to remember, but I still remember the feeling. And so as I start to root around and try to resurrect that same experience, it's easier for me to know I'm on the right path because that feeling is still there for me to tie back to. So anyways, it was just kind of a, it, this was one of those aha moments for me. All right. Um, scripture. Uh, this is in Isaiah in the Old Testament, chapter 40, verse 29. And this is what it says. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. And I can see lots of different ways to interpret this. Um, this is actually going to be very relevant also to this series that I'm going to be uh, putting together here right now. Uh, but one of the things I want you to keep in mind is in this passage where it says, them that have no might, he increaseth strength. But might can be interpreted in lots of different ways. One of those ways could be based off the phrase, the more you know, the more you realize, the less you know. In essence, the more you gain in something, the more you realize there is so much more to gain. Uh, and, and in essence, what it's, it's turning into is humility or um, things along that kind of path. And so as I'm gathering this, I'm beginning to realize that the more humble we are as we progress, the more we're actually given the power uh, to increase or the strength to increase. So it's not so much viewing ourselves as weak or failures necessarily, but it's sometimes viewing ourselves as no matter how good we think we are, that much more is possible out there. And therefore, we should humble ourselves because as we humble ourselves, that opens that gateway for Heavenly Father to grant us the strength to do even more. Look at it from the standpoint of infinite progression. 
if the definition of infinite progression means there is no end, you will grow indefinitely. Well, right now, in this mortality, we are sentient, finite, non-infinite beings. We will eventually die. This mortality will eventually end. And the only way for us to be able to obtain anything beyond the finite is to get help from the infinite. And therefore, we need God's help to be able to get that infinite strength to grow. And if what I'm understanding in this passage is true, what we need to do to get that help is to be humble enough to realize that we know nothing. No matter how much we know, the more we realize we know, the more we realize there's that much more to know. I realize I've kind of harped on this concept before, but um, I, I think it bears repeating because I think it's helpful for us to understand we need that root. All right, so uh, moving on to the top threes. So what I've been doing is going through jobs and job history to kind of give a sense for uh, the experiences that I've had, what I've done, what I've achieved, what I haven't achieved. And so this next one's going to be short. Um, <laughs> when I was a late teenager, I was in the process of hunting for a job. And uh, so I was, I was between jobs and I was looking for something. And I decided that I would try the U.S. Post Office, the Postal Service. Um, it seemed like a relatively simple gig. And, and I say seems like because I, I, all I knew was, uh, you know, people deliver mail and packages to different locations. You drive a truck, you drive on the wrong side of the, or you're in the wrong side of the car. Uh, you know, here in America, we drive on the right side of the road, but the driver's typically on the left. But in postal service vehicles, you're on the right. And so, uh, you know, these are the kind of uh, things that I understood. So I went in for this interview. I filled out all the paperwork. I got called in, and it was myself and a few dozen people. So it was kind of a big kind of interview. And it was interesting because it was less of an interview and more of a, this is the path you have to take to get a job here. Um, for those of you who uh, ever saw the movie Fun with Dick and Jane with Jim Carrey in it, um, there's a scene in there where uh, he's been laid off, and he's trying to find another job. And so he goes in all prepared, wearing a suit and tie, a notebook and pen, and he walks into a place that's kind of like a Walmart, Sam's Club, Costco kind of place. He sits down surrounded by a bunch of people who obviously were very good at finding new jobs. And uh, the first part of the interview, quote unquote, was for them to hand out little cups for people to give samples in so they could get drug tested. And so um, I, I, this had a similar feel from the standpoint of you were in kind of this group environment, it was totally different than any other interview process I'd ever been through. But it was nastier and more rigorous, far more depressing. I felt like my soul was getting sucked out of me. And I finally had the nerve to just get up and leave. Um, all eyes staring at me. And, and that is not something I typically do. I don't mind public speaking. But that doesn't mean I enjoy the attention necessarily. And so uh, it was very awkward, to say the least, but um, I'm glad I had the experience because at least I have some comparisons on what different kind of interviews are like, but it was just very odd. Um, so, uh, but, you know, having said all of that, uh, I appreciate the Postal Service for what they do and the other packaging services, UPS, FedEx, etc., uh, because, you know, I like getting stuff in the mail. And uh, so I appreciate what they do because they help make me happy. So there you go. Um all right, so to uh, kind of bring this to, to a head, um, I have been mulling over a topic for the last handful of weeks that I wanted to cover as part of the podcast. 
Um, and up until two days ago, I had plans to do it in the course of one or two series. Uh, and, and by series, I mean, you know, I, I've been over the last handful of months been breaking up these episodes into seven piece segments, um, an interlude episode, a topic driven episode, and then five Journey of Joy Day episodes. Um, I'm going to take a slightly different approach to this. It's going to be bigger and hairier, and I hope it's going to work. So this is kind of a warning um, because this could cause me to crash and burn or it could elevate it and make this way better. Um, but in essence, this is episode one of a 45-episode series I'm planning on doing. I have one topic that's going to be covered over the course of five segments. Each segment is no longer going to be seven episodes. It's going to be nine. Um, each episode serving a somewhat different uh, point, but all tying back to the topic at hand. So ultimately, there's going to be one overarching topic. Um, the first series is going to be introducing the topic, which is why I've talked about some things in this episode that I have. Um, the next episode that I will record, uh, which might be a day or two out, is going to be uh, kind of kicking off the whole thing from a topic perspective and defining what the topic is and kind of the approach I'm going to take on it. Um, some things to keep in mind as I'm recording and releasing these episodes. Uh, and then it will it'll grow from there. Um, three segments will be core focuses on the three pieces of the topic. And then the final segment will be um, a unique spiderweb tie-in uh, between them, as well as a conclusion. So we'll see how this all plays out. This is going to be my first attempt to do something this grand with my podcast. Uh, hopefully it's successful. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Hope you had a spectacular day. Um, I just read this quote from Bill Murray. I thought it was really hilarious. Uh, whatever you do, give 100% unless you're donating blood. Have a spectacular, wonderful, uplifting, positive, happy, joyous day, week, month, etc. Remember, you're worth it. Smile and be happy. And thanks for listening.